0: And welcome to National Treasure Hunt, the podcast where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And today we have a National Treasure 2 episode for you.
1: We do. I don't know why I wasn't sure where you were going with that, with the pauses that you were taking there. I was like, I know what this is about, but what? I don't know. Anyway... <laughs> Guys, it, it's or everyone, it's it's been a day for Aubrey <laughs> and I, but we are here and we are recording for you, the good people of the National Treasure Hunt community. Yes. So please enjoy what we have to offer
0: (laughs) please enjoy actually i think it'll be an interesting conversation today we are deep diving into the history and of course the movie portrayal of buckingham palace emily have you been to london before
1: i have never been outside of the united states
0: do you intend to go to london at some point in your life
1: i don't know if london Um, on our honeymoon, uh, Josh and I do intend to go to Scotland and then we do plan to go to England to see a Manchester United game, Hmm. but that is notably in Manchester.
0: Yeah, but countries in Europe are so much smaller than like the United States. So it's very feasible if you go. So I actually was in London at the end of grad school for, um, a conference I was at the Faraday discussions in Cambridge and then uh, Brian came with me and we did a little vacation after we did London and Paris and uh, we went and observed the exteriors of Buckingham Palace. Uh, We could not go in more on that later in this episode, actually. Um, But it is quite the spectacle. And um, as we all know, it appears prominently in National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. That's what we're going to talk about today.
1: We are, and I am excited for it. Um, Mainly because I've never been to London, but I love the scenes that take place in London in National Treasure 2. But first, Aubrey, I feel like we have some stuff to do.
0: Oh Well, you know, first and foremost, we'd be remiss if we did not kick things off with our screams from Parkington Lane. (laughs) All right, Emily, What'd you scream this week?
1: Okay, I am actually like so proud of myself for coming up with this or not coming up with it. I didn't fabricate it. Okay, <laughs> it's um, so literally this morning, as oh. I was driving to work, okay. I was listening to one of the normal podcasts I listen to. Uh, it's called Angel on Top. It's a podcast about the television series Angel. And I am re-listening to it. So I was listening to an episode where they were covering um, one of the season one episodes of the show. And mind you, this show was written in like the early 2000s. Um, And all of a sudden, as they're introducing the episode, I hear, you know, they always say directed and written by whoever whoever did not did i not hear the name jim Kalf, um as written by um so the episode i was listening to was covering uh the episode of angel called five by five it's a kind of a crossover with buffy it's it's a very good episode um apparently jim Kalf wrote this episode for those of you who don't know Jim Kalp was also one of the, like, story writers for the National Treasure movies. Um, And the fact that I knew that, yeah, I feel like I should get a ton of credit for because I immediately recognized the name and I was like, this cannot be true.
0: <laughs> Did you look like, it up?
1: Was it actually him? I looked it up. It's actually him. And not only, he didn't only do that episode. He mm. also wrote... Two additional episodes of Angel in season two. Um, The Thin Deadline, which I don't remember what that's about. And The Shroud of Ramon, which actually is one of like my top tier episodes in season two of Angel. So he wrote a total of
0: three episodes of Angel. Okay, this totally reminds me of how um, you remember the show that I loved back in high school and college called Harper's Island. Mm Mm-hmm. John Turteltaub directed the first episode of that show. Oh, really? Yeah, and I knew that from the get, but I, sometimes I I remember and it's just so weird cuz we know John is like doing these crazy like fun, slightly outlandish movies, but like Harper's Island for folks who aren't familiar is like a very gory like murder mystery type of vibe. Yes, and
1: Aubrey told me not to watch it
0: distinctly but like yeah it was um very surprising to learn that john turtletob was involved just as i'm sure it it was pretty surprising to learn that jim kauf was involved in in angel
1: my mind is blown i i like literally worlds colliding it's amazing um anyway aubrey what is your screen
0: well i'm going to consider that turtletob tidbit as a half a scream so i'm gonna do another kind of tiny one here i guess and it's a little bit of an accusation um emily uh, (laughs) sorry your face (laughs) okay 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 did did you put your name in the goblet of fire just kidding did you put a national treasure hunt sticker in the bathroom at banditos after the last time you were here yes i recently discovered that sticker in oh the yeah bathroom, in the bathroom at banditos
1: i thought i told you i did that <laughs> no oh yeah For i isn't it on like the to- it, it's somewhere weird it's like i like didn't feel comfortable dispenser? i didn't feel comfortable p- putting it on the wall No, I feel like I put it on, like, the toilet paper or the paper towel dispenser or, Mm -hmm. like, the thing you put
0: tampons in. Is it the toilet paper dispenser? Yes, yes, yes. It's still there? It is still there. The last time you were here was – that was probably when we had the archives event, right? Like, very first weekend of July.
1: Yeah, so I guess not that long, but also, like, somebody could have taken that off. Oh, People go in there and clean.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are no other stickers there. There there are not, and I'd love to give context for folks – for your awareness, a fun little tradition that Emily and I have inadvertently created is that when she is in DC, whether for our tour or you know headlining an event at the National Archives, um, we celebrate by going to a taqueria near my apartment that I love, and I, I dare say we both love now called Banditos, and um, that is that is what I am talking about. And um, just had to clarify. Thanks, Em. You're welcome.
1: I'm. Glad that I didn't tell you. I did that. I've gotten better <laughs> with the stickers.
0: I I love it. I'm very proud of you. Um, I would also like the world to know that when we visited Trinity Church, That's I was like I was thinking. I was like Emily, you gotta put a sticker at like here at the wall, like at the actual post with the intersection of the two street signs. And she was so nervous to do it because she thought we were gonna get in trouble. Which like fair. There's no graffiti in this part of. Manhattan, um, but she did it. I have no idea if it's still there. It's probably yeah. Not. I
1: don't know if it's still there either. <laughs> not we. We don't go to New York very frequently, but uh, yeah, I did do that. I feel like I put one somewhere else recently too. Josh definitely told me to love it. He also put one in a Mexican restaurant that he goes to in the Lehigh Valley. Nice. That one does have a lot of stickers though, so it like blends in. Cute. Um, but yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Um, we have a Patreon scream, I believe? We do, everyone. You all met Lillian on our most recent Superfans episode, um, and Lillian shared with us that she was recently at her parents' house and was looking for her grandfather's old coins, because she is a coin collector, and she stumbled across her great-grandfather's Bible and her grandfather's apron she said i didn't have time to look at them in detail but i will next time here are some pictures and y'all they're masonic what yep you got your good old masonic like emblem right on that bible with his name next to it and then the apron like literally says masonic apron um we will try to share photos on our social media this week because this is an excellent scream Lillian you knocked it out of the park
1: way to go Lillian if you too have a scream that you would like to share with us um please find us on social media you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NT on podcast we are also available at NT on there you can find everything about us aside basically from our bathroom schedules um who knows maybe i'll link my wedding registry there someday um you can <laughs> you can order our book national treasure hunt one step short of crazy if you haven't yet at tucker DSpress.com. and if you want to potentially hear your screen featured on an episode of national treasure hunt you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash hunt podcast where you will also be able to sign up to receive many other benefits like extra bonus content that that made sense
0: well it's true we do release extra bonus content on the patreon um also while you're at it folks if you haven't already go on over to explorecleo.com to get yourself our candle in congress july 4th 1776 um it has sold out several times at this point which we are very grateful for we hope you're liking it Go ahead and get yourself one if you haven't already. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised.
1: Yes, for sure. But you know where there probably aren't a ton of candles? Where? That's probably not true. I was going <laughs> to say Buckingham Palace. But... <laughs> I feel like there probably are a lot of candles at Buckingham Palace. I don't know. Maybe they don't like you to light candles because they're afraid of fire.
0: I, I did not come across that information in my research, but um, I like the segue nonetheless. It is time for us to dive deeply into Buckingham Palace. The way this episode is going to shake down, if you haven't tuned in to a deep dive episode in a while, we're going to do three things today. We're going to start with some movie context, reminding you how this is relevant to National Treasure 2 in case you somehow forgot. Then we're going to go through an abridged history of Buckingham Palace so we can all get a collective sense of its position in history, uh, the types of famous people who have walked its halls, um, and fun things like that. And then we're going to spend hopefully the majority of our time assessing the palace's portrayal in National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. I do want to caveat this before we go any further with one quick disclaimer. We will not be commenting today on the monarchy, on you know the British monarchy, not in theory or in practice. We won't be commenting on the inner workings of the royals and how the palace works. Uh, that is a whole conversation that could potentially be for another day, but probably not on this podcast. Cause it's not super national treasure relevant. And it is very complex and really not something we we want to even touch on here. We're just talking about the palace itself so that we can assess its national treasure portrayal. Does that sound like good, good ground rules, Em?
1: Uh, you know me. I love some ground rules.
0: <laughs> okay well um movie context let's start there
1: do you, do you want me to do this part
0: uh no uh there. i want to i do want to ask you a question though emily if i were to ask you what's the first thing that comes to mind when i say buckingham palace in the context of national treasure what would you say haggis <laughs> and that was not dubbed folks <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. That is probably the most memorable part of the Buckingham Palace scene. The scene is actually longer, though, than I think we often remember since we think of the international scenes in Book of Secrets as, like, fleeting. Mm -hmm. It it is a short scene, but it has more going on um, than I think sometimes we give it credit for. I do want to point out also that there are several deleted scenes related to Buckingham Palace and National Treasure 2 on YouTube if you want to check them out. Um, How do we get here in the film? Well, we actually start in Paris, France, where on the Statue of Liberty in the Ile aux Signes on the River Seine. Do you have something to say, Emily, with your sassy face?
1: You just pronounced it so French.
0: I really didn't, though. It was a very English pronunciation, but I'll take it. Um, They find the clue on the Statue of Liberty that says, across the sea, these twins stand resolute to preserve what we are looking for. And Ben has an excellent Ben monologue clue solving moment where he decides that what they must find are the resolute desks. The closest one at the time uh, to where they are standing in Europe is the Resolute Desk at Buckingham Palace. So Ben and Riley, they're actually still on their own at this point. Recall Abigail isn't quite in the picture yet. Um, ben and Riley go to Buckingham Palace. They want to find the Resolute Desk that they believe is in the Queen's study. How do they know this? Um, well, we you might assume just as a casual viewer, they know this because they like looked it up online, which I guess you could say maybe... But to be quite honest, y'all, and I'm going to get into this later, not really easy to figure out where the Buckingham Palace that is like within the Royal Collection actually is, even today in the year 2023. Instead, where I think they learned the location of the desk is in a deleted scene. We see that Ben actually has a meeting with a curator at Buckingham Palace, um, presumably trying to gain authorized access to the desk. Um, but, of course, being declined that permission. Ultimately, he must sneak in. And this is where we see Abigail arriving unexpectedly. Ben creates a distraction on the, the grand staircase um, to get him and Abigail sent to Palace Jail, um, which Palace Jail is conveniently en route to the Queen's study. That's why he wanted to get detained in case you needed a reminder. Um him and Abigail are able to escape palace jail with the help of tech friend Riley. Uh, they take a service elevator up to the Queen's study, where they find the desk and use the year inscribed on the Statue of Liberty clue to open the desk like a puzzle box, finding the first Olmec plank. You're on, on the same page as me, Emily.
1: Yes, that is a lot more than I thought happened.
0: Right? It's it's easy to, for, to forget, but... You know, I will point out for posterity's sake that it's actually in these scenes that you and I have one of our perpetual disagreements about national treasure. Do you know what that perpetual disagreement is?
1: Whether Ben and Abigail were actually fighting? That's not it.
0: Nobody are close. You still think that Ben was serious when he was trying to leave Abigail behind because it was quote-unquote too dangerous. And yeah. I... Cl- he wasn't. He. It would not have been possible for him to leave her there, even if he wanted to, because the the guards would have come back and been like, "Where's your friend?" And she would have either had to lie or tell them, and that just wasn't like pragmatically going to happen. Bull. Okay, you can you can keep thinking that, and this will remain our perpetual argument. Um, let's talk history, shall we? How much do you know about the history of Buckingham Palace, M?
1: Isn't there a rule? where like the flag it has is up if the queen is there but don't they also tell us that in the film
0: you are yes <laughs> so um, i you...
1: i think the extent of the history is ish what's in the film
0: <laughs> and that's only slightly accurate we'll get to that as well um there's a lot to talk about here i think to me personally The interesting things about the history of Buckingham Palace are really associated with how old the whole property is. Like it wasn't always the palace that we know today, but it passed through the hands figuratively of a lot of very like historically famous people to get to where it is today. Um, I'm sure you know though, that for example, The palace is the official london home of uk's royal family and that's been the case actually since 1837 Um, yeah and we're gonna talk about why that date is is kind of cool in a little bit um, for national treasure hunters the palace also serves as like the administrative headquarters of the king and or queen so it's it's kind of like a working residence a lot like the white house okay Although, you know, there are some differences in terms of, like, the president and the king queen. They are not functionally the same in terms of how their gov- the governments work, but still a working residence for... And it's not white. It is also not white. That is correct. Very observant of you, Emily.
1: <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I'm okay. here for the drop in the hard knowledge.
0: Uh, you are very excellent at that. Now... As I alluded to, the site on which the palace sits has had numerous owners, ranging from William the Conqueror to the monks of Westminster Abbey. Have you heard of Westminster Abbey?
1: Yeah, but I don't know why. Pop culture, perhaps? Like, down? no, it's not down, actually.
0: But, like, that's kind of what you're thinking. of. Westminster Abbey is um a very large famous church um that's quite near this part of london the grounds on which the palace sits first came under like our modern conception of royal ownership when king james the first bought the site as kind of a garden uh for the royals it's a <laughs> it's garden it is a large space uh that is correct um I I couldn't find the exact date when he purchased the property, but for folks reference, in case people aren't very good at, like, royal monarchies and their years, because I am very bad at that and always was in world history, King James I reigned from 1603 to 1625, just to kind of benchmark ourselves a little bit. Um, the funny thing about this was he he bought it as a garden, but he also had this grand plan to... Like institute silkworm production in England and he was going to use this garden, like this site to do that.
1: This might be a dumb question. Please. Like do silkworms require like a garden?
0: They feed on specific types of trees. um, So basically
1: they would just like chill and he would hope that they didn't wander off.
0: Um, I am not a silkworm keeper, so I don't know the logistics of how silkworm production works today or in the 1600s for that matter. But uh, King James I really thought this could be an, a viable, like, economic boon, basically, to England. Uh, he was wrong. It never took off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was wrong. Um, so don't go into silkworm production slash maintenance I guess is the life lesson from King James at least not at Buckingham Palace now they definitely would kick you out for that
0: uh yeah also didn't we just learn in a recent episode that silk is like one of the types of fabric that is vulnerable to clothing moths and like I love the national treasure connects but like that seems like a risk we don't need to take
1: yeah, no need no need for silk. Although I think capes might be made of silk. I don't know. Okay. So,
0: well, moving right along. Um there was a much smaller house on this site. Um and it went through a few iterations itself, like different versions of this house. Um but one of the sort of later houses on this site Before Buckingham Palace became a thing itself, was named after a man named John Sheffield, the Duke of Buckingham, because he owned the house and rebuilt it at one point. And so this is going to end up being the namesake for Buckingham Palace, in case you're wondering kind of where the name came from. Very cool. I like that. Yeah. So now we're going to move into the 1700s here. In 1761, King George III purchased what was called Buckingham House for Queen Charlotte. And this was intended for use as sort of a family home and a place for charlotte to raise the children now i'm no expert in pop culture but if i'm remembering correctly from what social media has beat into my head these are the king george and queen charlotte that netflix audiences know from the hit show bridgerton and its prequel queen charlotte
1: oh, okay i thought you were gonna say the crown uh. oh i'm not familiar with the crown who who was the i don't know but I I did watch early seasons of The Crown because Matt Smith was in it.
0: Oh uh, well, okay. Netflix website is telling me that The Crown is about Queen Elizabeth. So no, very no.
1: <laughs> okay, well, cool, cool. We 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 still love some. Uh, yeah, cool. Well,
0: okay, but to be completely honest with you, again, I I don't watch Bridgerton, but I had no idea that their titular king and queen were based on a real king and queen. So that was a fun little thing to learn. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, once Buckingham House is really in the possession of the royals, again, how we think of them today, this royal family, this royal lineage, um, it will remain in the family from here on out. And that means that the royal family is going to be basically responsible for all the redesigns and the expansions that are going to happen with, of course, approval of British Parliament, who needs to kind of approve the spending to have these expansions happen. Um, One of the first important reconstructions um, happened in, well, started in 1820 by George IV, but... You know, he started with this idea that he was just kind of renovating the house. He changed his mind in 1826 and chose to turn the house into a palace instead of just, like, a house.
1: Okay, that's a jump.
0: I mean, you know, we're getting fancy, I guess. And according to the, like, Royals official website, they have, like, a whole history section, the cost of the Reconstruction amounted to nearly 500,000 pounds by the year 1829. Um so that's again in pounds but that's half a million almost pounds and that's before the 1900s. So just think of the mac like magnitude there. Jeez. If you okay. if you could spend 500,000 pounds on a on a house today emily do you think you could get a palace
1: a palace no (laughs) dude i if if i get a house that had like three bedrooms an attic a basement and good yard space with that much money i'd be happy
0: yeah i don't know how things work over up in philly but in dc dc area you can maybe get like a townhouse
1: yeah it's it's not gonna go well
0: (laughs) well fortunately it was enough to create the beginnings of the buckingham palace that we know today um here's where things start getting fun are you ready yeah are you ready are you ready for this
1: are you ready for this yeah
0: okay guess who the first i hate you Guess who the first British monarch to move into the palace was? Charlotte. No. Queen Victoria of National Treasure Two fame.
1: Oh, ah, okay. That, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So Queen Victoria is the first monarch to move in in July of 1837. Now, after her marriage to Prince Albert three years later, Um, there was kind of this decision that they needed to add a fourth wing onto the palace because they didn't have enough nurseries or guest rooms and like space to do all of their you know royal important things and and family
1: why do they need so many nurseries
0: I mean you're asking the wrong person as someone who does not really intend to have children herself um, but they needed more nurseries this becomes one of the final big expansions of the palace okay there are also some some instances of interior redesigns so queen victoria's son edward the seventh if i'm reading my roman numerals correctly was responsible for a pretty major interior redesign when he took over after his mother's death um apparently A lot of the elements of the interior of Buckingham Palace today uh, kind of having a cream and gold aesthetic. It was called like the Belle Epoch style. Um, Those were the result of Edward's redesign. And they, a lot of them remain today. Why are you looking at me like that?
1: The, The Belle Epoch, whatever, uh-huh. sounds like something I've heard of um from the movie Midnight in Paris.
0: Probably it was. A... Don't quote
1: me on it, but it sounds like uh a...
0: it's it's French and it's a it's like a period of European history.
1: Yeah, that that's one hundred percent it. Then yeah,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you. Could. It's one of
1: my favorite movies. So,
0: oh, aside have... from
1: National Treasure.
0: I did not know this. Um, so this Belle Époque style and these color schemes remain in many of the major rooms of, of Buckingham Palace today, including the ballroom, the grand entrance, the marble hall, the grand staircase, and other rooms. Um, beyond Edward VII's redesign, there have been other resurfacing and other tweaks of the exterior you know, since that time period. Um... Nowadays, you know, jump forward to 21st century, um, official events like receptions are frequently held at Buckingham Palace, as are weekly meetings between the king and the prime minister, as well as, you know, introductory meetings between, um, like, UK government officials and newly appointed ambassadors to the UK that are coming in from other countries. Question. Um Yes, answer.
1: Can we visit?
0: We're gonna get there, Emily.
1: Uh,
0: oh, it's all part of the National Treasure 2 portrayal. We'll get to it okay. in a second. Okay, okay, okay. You could. Okay. Um a couple a couple of fast facts for you. In case you're wondering what the place looks like. In case you can't visit, we'll get to that shortly. Emily. I'm going to quiz you again. Don't look at the answers. If you had to guess, how many rooms do you think are in Buckingham Palace? 225. A A valiant effort. You are so incorrect. There are 775 rooms in Buckingham Palace. Please react. 775? That is accurate what is happening? I like to personally think from your comment before that they're all nurseries, but they're not. Um, This includes 19 staterooms, 52 royal and guest bedrooms, 188 staff bedrooms, 92 offices, and 78 bathrooms, which honestly, compared to 775 total rooms, 78 bathrooms feels woefully low. Maybe they're not counting bathrooms
1: that are, like, en suite. I
0: doubt that. Okay. <laughs> Less obvious, more interesting features of the palace include a movie theater, which is apparently for staff, a post office, a doctor's office, and an indoor pool. Why do you need a post office? Um, Because the king probably has lots of important mail to send. I don't know.
1: But he doesn't live there?
0: He He does when he's in London. Uh, well. We talked about that at the beginning. Working residence, White House. Did you forget that part? Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Um. Last thing that I'll say is that many people, I think, are really familiar with pictures of the royal family that are staged on the Buckingham Palace's balcony. Um. I think listeners of this pod will likely be keen to learn that the first known royal balcony appearance was conducted by Queen Victoria in
1: 1851. Way to go, Queen V!
0: Yes, as I will continuously say, um, Queen Victoria of National Treasure 2 fame because as we learned from one of our Patreon screams recently, literally that's how people know Queen Victoria. So we love some real history and National Treasure, as always. So speaking of, Emily, want to want to finally get your questions answered about Buckingham Palace and National Treasure Two, and things that things that National Treasure Two might make us believe about this place? Yes, please. Okay, I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna play some Emily quiz time. Do you think that National Treasure Two filmed at Buckingham Palace? Um, and before you answer, yes, you do know the answer to this question because we talked about it in our book. no are you guessing
1: i have a vague recollection it i could be mixing it up with the white house but i feel like wasn't there something about them not being allowed to go to buckingham palace because like they don't let film crews in there or something
0: ish okay so you're 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 partially correct here you're partially correct it's a yes or no question there i don't know I, i i only asked you if they filmed there i didn't ask you about like interiors versus exteriors gosh so exteriors were shot at buckingham palace like outside of the gates um but you're right that interiors were shot elsewhere this is what we did put in our book um interior scenes so um we're explicitly thinking about, for example, the Haggis scene and the Resolute Desk scene. These were shot at a building called Lancaster House. Um, Lancaster House is fairly close to Buckingham Palace, and it's actually also owned by the UK government. Does it look the same, though? It has similar vibes. Okay. And I guess you could say the vibes are similar enough that Lancaster House has stood in for Buckingham Palace in numerous films. Um, It's actually kind of funny because if you go on the official government website for the the Lancaster House, it says, and I quote, the house has been used extensively for filming as well, including Disney's National Treasure Book of Secrets, BBC slash HBO's production of Churchill at War, Sherlock Holmes' A Game of Shadows, the king's speech and netflix's the crown first billing yeah i know i like that a lot myself um so it's funny though that you ask like does it look similar enough in all honesty it looks royal and grand for sure but it does not look like buckingham palace like to a trained eye and i think you can get away with this because again so few people i think in the grand scheme of things actually have a good sense of what the interior of buckingham palace looks like so for most people you throw something elaborate and fancy looking and like vaguely european looking on a screen and tell them it's buckingham palace and they're probably gonna believe you especially if it's in the context of a fictional film
1: oh 100 percent.
0: and that's why this this works okay so um The Grand Staircase of Buckingham Palace, which is, of course, where the haggis altercation happens, apparently that was kind of structured to resemble Versailles. Um, I would say that the Grand Staircase at Buckingham Palace and the Grand Staircase at Lancaster House actually look substantially different. Um, But again, casual viewer having no real reason to know that. I did also then do my infamous pausing a scene 8,000 times to like take a really close look. And I did this with the scene in the Queen's study with the desk in it. Um, I really deep dived into the Lancaster House website when watching this scene. And I can say with confidence, I figured this out myself. So like I'm 95% sure that the National Treasure 2 Queen's study was portrayed by the Green Room at Lancaster House. So they, you know, different rooms have different names. This is the Green Room. Um, in real life, the Green Room is typically used as a press briefing room or as a private office. Uh, one fun fact that I found is that apparently the ceiling is adorned with a painting of the solar system. Is it green? The solar system? The room. Yes, the room is green. Makes sense. And you can see it if you watch the scene in national treasure too like the walls very dark green It's a a lovely room remember it has that weird door that's like kind of curved yes yeah i mean i've always noticed that and thought it was weird but yeah that's a a room that exists um okay this got me thinking because you know how my brain works emily i need to take everything way too far and i started wondering if National Treasure Two selected this green room to portray the Queen's Study, was that just because they had access to the green room and no one would know the difference? Or were they trying to make it resemble a specific room in Buckingham Palace like the actual Queen's Study or like any other room? That's that's a fair question. Thank you. For National Treasure Hunt, I think that is a very fair question. (laughs) Again, taking everything a little too far. Um, I would say it is nearly impossible to know for sure the answer to that question because the royal family is very careful about releasing photos of the king or queen's private residence rooms. They really don't do it. Um, That being said, there are a couple of rooms in Buckingham Palace that are frequently viewed. Like this is where um you know the the king or queen will do video messages from or you know photographs like family photographs or christmas pictures or what have you one of these famous rooms is called the green drawing room um but the green drawing room is one of the state rooms so it's definitely not in the style of like an office or a study um then i found an article by a New Zealand reporting outlet that's called Stuff. Obviously never heard of this before. Um, And it has a picture of Queen Elizabeth, the recently passed away Queen Elizabeth, in what they called the Green Study on her 80th birthday. Now, I didn't know anything about this media outlet, so I wanted to dig a little further. And I found that the room she was in in this picture is another fairly famous room called the Regency Room, which in this picture of Queen Elizabeth, and from what I could find elsewhere, seems to be like a much more comfortable office type vibe, and it has a desk. Mm. Hmm. And so now I'm putting the pieces together, Emily. And I found a Daily Mail article that said, quote, The Regency Room is distinguished by its green and gold color scheme and boasts elegant tassel trim sofas, green carpets, two spacious desks, and a traditional white fireplace, end quote. Now, Daily Mail also indicates that the furniture in the Regency Room is often switched around to meet the monarch's needs, which will be important just justification in just a moment for why i think basically the thesis here is that if they were intentionally recreating a room in national treasure 2 for the queen's study i think it was the regency room
1: okay i need to know more
0: i mean it's there's not there's not much more i'm just going to say for our national treasure analogies and for new national treasure lore that we're creating here of the amount of information that is online, I feel fairly confident in saying that the Regency Room is the Queen's study in Book of Secrets. If it's not that, honestly, it's like a private sitting room that is only available to the monarch and those closest to them. Because that is apparently how um that is apparently how like the the private residencies work. No one goes in there except for like the monarch and those that are very closely related to them. Now, I will say, if I can remember, I'm going to post a cool link on our social media this week. Um, Home Advisor, as it turns out, has a really interesting and excellent look at Buckingham Palace's floor plans, like the parts that are publicly, like public knowledge. Um, and it's a really cool link. And I will try to share that online.
1: Isn't Home Advisor like Zillow?
0: As someone who has never even thought about purchasing a home, you're asking the wrong person. Okay, um, but maybe sounds like it could be. Would you like to purchase Buckingham Palace for a,
1: a? No, it's just I I didn't think it was for sale. So it would be interesting <laughs> if it was on one of those websites.
0: No, this is like a distinctly like an article, like a for funsie article. Um. All right. How about this, M? you want to talk about the portrayal and like the feasibility of ben's buckingham palace heist
1: i mean i feel like it's not feasible but sure
0: okay well this is where we're going to start being able to answer your questions about like visiting and things like that um buckingham palace currently takes public visitors in the summer in year 2023 so this year of recording um those summer months went from mid-july to late september and apparently the palace also hosts some selective tours in like january around easter in december so like sporadic elsewhere but predominantly open to the public in the summer now if we use today's visitation standards as a guide we know That Ben visited Buckingham Palace at least a few days before Easter.
1: Because of the impossible child at the White House.
0: Yes, which was at the Easter egg roll. Um, So I guess it means it's possible that he visited during one of the Easter-ish tour dates. Um, Now, to be fair, his visit looked like it was part of a free-for-all with hundreds of people (laughs) everywhere. Uh, Not really like a streamlined or a guided tour, but we'll let it slide. True. True
1: gotta have witnesses let it slide much like he did down that banister
0: oh i set you up for that one um for what it's worth if you're planning a visit to london to national treasure hunt it is my understanding that you can also visit lancaster house at least currently um so keep that in mind now next part of the heist obviously riley while he was not directly involved in like the machinations like in person physically with the desk he was critical on the tech side to making sure that ben like knew what to do with his you know wearing the earpiece um but then really could get him out of the jail cell and then could trigger the fire alarm to let him escape the palace Do you think, Emily, that Riley would have been allowed into the palace with his backpack and equipment? Now, recall, he posted up in a bathroom, one of, I guess, the 78 bathrooms, um, in Buckingham Palace. Could he have gotten in?
1: Not through a front entrance.
0: (laughs) So my answer to this is maybe in 2007, but definitely not today. Um, Ironically, I would say this is mostly because of the way he carried in his equipment i think that he'd be able to get in a lot of his little like trinkets and electronics because um, they go through like a metal detector security thing you're not allowed to bring in backpacks or suitcases so like that makes i mean that fun. makes sense i don't want anyone moving in Uh, that that is uh, absolutely the first reason you're not allowed to bring a suitcase into buckingham palace we don't want squatters um but no so like the backpack would have prevented him from getting in now i will say emily that he definitely left his drone from paris at the hotel oh yeah um i say this like in jest because i personally thought it was funny that i did look at the security website for buckingham palace and they explicitly call out drones as being not allowed in buckingham palace and its gardens i just thought it was funny because of like all that you could like list out laundry list so many things that you shouldn't be allowed to bring in and they like specifically called out drones
1: maybe riley tried And that's why they had to put it there because, you know, somebody had to do it first.
0: I mean, I a part of me is kind of hoping it's like after National Treasure 2, after watching it, people tried bringing in drones (laughs) because they're trying to be Riley. I know that didn't happen, but I'm telling myself it did, okay? Um, Buckingham Palace also has its own police station. Which I'm going to say can be used to justify the whole security suite or the Buckingham Palace jail, as I've been affectionately calling it, that we see in the movie. That
1: didn't look like a real jail, though. Honestly, it kind of looked like a storage room.
0: It's a security suite. They had a jail cell. It's kind of like Eagle's Jail at the Link.
1: I don't know what that is, but okay.
0: You live in Philly. How do you not know about the Link Eagle's Jail?
1: I don't care about football
0: okay famously the link Lincoln Financial Field has like a jail and a courtroom underneath the stadium because Philly sports fans are so wild that they frequently like get arrested at the games I can see that okay let's get back to National Treasure One of the less accurate parts of the scene that I think is a little bit funny is uh, Riley holing up in a bathroom that specifically seems to be somewhere near the entrance to Buckingham Palace like we have no real reason to believe that he was somehow able to gain access to the far recesses of the palace. Um, Turns out that if you're not on a guided tour. You as a visitor cannot access a bathroom at the palace until the end of the tour route, throughout like to the back of the palace, which just seems wild to me. Um, here's one M. Ask me the question about the flag again.
1: <laughs> uh, is the flag up on the Queen's home?
0: Well, I will remind you that currently it is a king. Um. But the answer is, once again, kind of.
1: (laughs) Why did you make me ask you the question then?
0: Because it's more fun to have this reaction specifically. Um, When in Buckingham Palace Jail, Ben does explain to Abigail why he's not concerned that he's going to run into the queen in her study. He says that the queen is not at Buckingham Palace and he knows this because there is no flag flying outside. Uh, We have noted this on a prior episode. Um, This is partially true. The royal standard, which is a flag that I have quite frankly never seen before in my entire life, is only flown at Buckingham Palace when the monarch is there. It is replaced by the Union Jack. This is the flag that you are thinking of, I promise, when the monarch leaves. So there's always a flag. It's hmm. just witch flag. Interesting. Yeah. We've talked about, I know we talked about this before on an episode because we definitely consider this like a security threat.
1: Yeah. Like it's pretty obvious,
0: you know, when, when your monarch is like, in is there the, like... versus not. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk about the Resolute Desk. Emily is the Resolute Desk in Buckingham Palace yes no no Mm -hmm. it is not emily but it could be
1: oh yeah this (laughs) sounds familiar
0: (laughs) okay when ben and abigail get to the queen's study which i shall forever believe is the regency room they find the resolute desk now i implore you all to go listen to episode 18 hunt for twins Of our podcast to get all the deets on the three known resolute desks though some historians apparently think a fourth might have been made but it is worth repeating here that queen victoria's resolute desk is part of the british royal collection and the latest that i could find was that it is currently at kensington palace okay that being said there are like a bajillion conflicting reports about the desk's current whereabouts leading me to think that it might move around a bit or have like moved around a bit in history uh for example during her tenure queen victoria used the desk aboard her yacht the hmy victoria and albert um so then i wanted to I, i thought back and i was like remember how the regency room is apparently often modified to fit the monarch's needs Ooh, I see where you're going. Yeah, let's use that little tidbit to justify National Treasure 2 putting the desk in this particular room.
1: Sounds good to me.
0: I think we can kind of construct a narrative here that makes this more feasible. You know, everyone and their mother who doesn't like national treasure, as we know, likes to point out why it's wrong. And I think this is one of those points that I've definitely seen online. Like, no, Resolute Desk is not at Buckingham Palace. And so the answer is, it probably currently isn't. But much like how the Resolute Desk in the White House can be moved around, it sounds like this one over in the Royal Collection also can be moved around. Yeah. Okay. I buy it. Okay, so this is totally unrelated, but I did stumble across one thing that I felt was worth pointing out for fun. If you listened back to our Hunt for Twins episode 18 of the pod, you might recall that the whole story that National Treasure presents about how the desks were made is like entirely true. They were made from the timbers of the HMS Rosalute. We also pointed out I think it came across as a joke because it sounded silly, but we were totally like being legit. The figurehead of the HMS Resolute was a polar bear. Um, If you would like to see the polar bear figurehead of the Resolute, you can see that at the National Maritime Museum in Greenwich, London. Um, It turns out that when they were like dismembering the ship, that's definitely not the right term for a ship, but we're gonna call it that anyway, um, for whatever reason, they distributed the parts of the ship all over the place. Okay. So not only can you find these desks made from its timbers, and you can find the figurehead in Greenwich, London, you can find the clock from the HMS Resolute at the Vancouver Maritime Museum in Canada. Like the Arctic Tundra, Canada? I I mean... I've been to vancouver i would not call it the arctic tundra but yes I, I suppose for national treasure means yes we we can say that um you can find the ship's spyglass and sextant at the new london county historical society in connecticut
1: does that have anything to do with paul revere
0: no okay never mind. and The Resolute's bell was, for some reason, given to President Lyndon B. Johnson in 1965. That's the most random thing I've ever heard. Well, I just want you to know all the places that you have to go to, Emily, if you would like to visit all of the pieces of the remainder of the HMS Resolute. It turns out it is, you know, very international.
1: Yeah, that's impressive. (laughs)
0: I just thought it was so weird that, like, all the pieces would be in so many different locations. um, And, uh, like, a part of me absolutely was like, I have to go to these museums now. Um, So, like, one day. Okay. Last thing, Emily. We're talking about a heist here. Yeah. We're talking about Benjamin Franklin Gates gaining access to a room that he definitely did not have permission or uh, legal reason to be in some might call this trespassing Mm-hmm. Would, would you call it trespassing yeah well i feel the need to point out to you emily since we've now established that you are going to go to london one day and you are going to go into Buckingham Palace because now you have learned that you can and you're going to know what to look for in terms of the flags outside of the palace to know whether or not the king is present when you're there and so you are going to be tempted to find your way to the Regency Room because I have convinced you that the Regency Room is what National Treasure 2 portrayed. Am I right so far?
1: Yes 100%. (laughs)
0: Well, I am. I'm here to crush your dreams. Oh man! Because trespassing on Buckingham Palace grounds became a criminal offense officially in the year 2007. <laughs> Why did it take that long? And I like to personally think that this was inspired by Benjamin Franklin Gates' activities. <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> Too many people tried. <laughs> this is the type of thing that you cannot make up right like that is wild a wild coincidence and I love every bit of it
1: yeah that's that's what we do here on National Treasure
0: Hunt and that is the story of Buckingham Palace and its portrayal in National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets wow that was a cool one thank you I am glad that you appreciated it I definitely learned a thing or two About the palace itself. Um, I don't know if you had any. Wrap up thoughts. Or reflections from this experience. Yeah. I mean I think.
1: I think if your thesis. Is true. About the Regency Room. Being you know. What the Buckingham Palace. In the movie was modeled after. Or the, the, the. Queen's study in. The movie was modeled after. I think that is very cool. And like speaks to. Kind of like what we know. Of. With National Treasure. Where like they try to. Even if they're not doing things exactly. The way that it is. They're trying to do something. Similar like a nod.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool too that. You know I I firmly. I don't believe it's a coincidence that the room, so many aspects of the room match up to the Regency room, and I do trust the production team enough to know the type of research that they do, which is why I felt so confident in saying, like, that was the room portrayed. Um, And I am 100% for the record, A-OK with spreading that rumor that this is the room in question. Um, So that was definitely my favorite thing. Or like piece of information put together in this episode and like i like to think of every one of our now almost 70 regular season episodes emily and our many many bonuses as just each adding another puzzle piece to the picture of national treasure as a whole um the other thing that i really enjoyed learning in this episode And this is this was definitely just a coincidence, but I do like how many Buckingham Palace firsts and like important moments are tied to Queen Victoria, given her national treasure to fame.
1: Yeah, that is really
0: cool. Um, It's like one of the ways that we say, you know, we can find national treasure anywhere. National treasure is tied to everything. Like, that's a really great example of it. Very, very true. We hope you all learned something from this episode, too
1: yeah and if you did please tell us uh you can find us on twitter and instagram at hunt Podcast, our website nthunpodcast.com and patreon at patreon.com slash podcast.
0: all right we're getting near the end of season seven of national treasure hunt we're not there yet we still have two more regular season episodes for you and our next one will be interesting, I guarantee it, because we are going to be researching legendary treasures from history. Um, I don't know, maybe thinking about what we might find in a National Treasure 3, uh, maybe thinking about treasures that are presented in other pop culture, or maybe treasures that theoretically exist that you have never heard of before. I personally cannot wait and we hope you return for that episode but until then I'm Aubrey and I'm Emily and thank you so much for joining us on our national treasure hunt.